0: This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that every Christian should be a constant and devoted reader of the Bible, and that the primary business of the Church and its ministry is to lead, foster, and encourage people in this life-changing habit.
1: Okay, so here we are. We're back in the book of Luke. This is week number two. We have with us Dave LaManna, Ben Cassette, Lenny Salgado, Johnny Vana, and myself, Judah Thomas, as we're discussing uh, the Gospel of Luke. We are reading chapters 1 through 6, and that was kind of our intent was to to discuss them. However, last time we discussed things, we didn't make it very far. We got through maybe like two or three verses. We were talking uh, extensively about Theophilus and kind of the, the purpose and intent, some of the uh, maybe procedures of writing this which i think we all found pretty insightful but uh but let's just pick back up uh, continuing on here um obviously we have the birth of christ the birth of john the baptist a lot of stuff in these first chapters but anything stand out to you guys as you've been reading uh these chapters
2: so before we dive into deeply um i have some just notes just that i thought were important to mention as we're entering into luke this second week here which is we know the author's luke it was written prior to 70 a.d It's the 42nd book in the bible it's the third book in the new testament and it's the third of four books of sort of like a biography you know we would call it the gospels right um there's a lot more like interesting information about luke as well that we haven't really touched on because it comes later on in the new testament right um i don't know you guys might have to correct me on this but is titus luke's actual brother because I, I came across that—that that he's like mentioned in a couple of places, like in Colossians, that they're that they're like brothers. So I don't know if it's like a brother in in yeah. Christ. I, I'm I I'm not. I've never been aware
1: that they're actually the brothers, brothers. Yeah. At all. I mean, I suppose it could be, but I've I've never heard that. So okay. That I was just
2: curious, you know.
3: There's this this one thing that definitely struck a chord with me, and and Luke one verse twenty actually is where I wanted to start. But now since you didn't believe what I, what I you know what I said, you will be silent and you will be unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. And what struck a chord with me in, in verse 21, and it's meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah to come out of the sanctuary wondering why he was taking so long. And then carrying on in 22, when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures, his silence, uh, that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. And so the reason why that struck a chord with me because I feel like as a, as a leader, sometimes people look to me as if I need to be having an answer. And Zachariah, in that moment, didn't have mm-hmm. clarity himself. And an angel said, my word, words will certainly be fulfilled, so you're going to be silent. People who were waiting for him to speak, where then were like, oh, he must have got something. Like, I don't know. In my, in my eyes, it just makes it seem like their faith is only based on what he gets from God and it's not their own faith. That's kind of like what I got from it.
2: Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. I, I, I had that highlighted because it says that an angel appeared as he went with the incense offering, right? So this isn't, an, and he says he was afraid, which is usually what you see with angels when they appear, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you see the conclusion that was drawn, not yeah. that an angel appeared to him, but that he only had a vision. And there's nothing wrong with having like a prophetic vision, Right. but that's like talking about their faith, their level right. of faith that they're getting it from, from him. Sure. They're not thinking that an actual angel, a messenger from God, could appear before a human. Right. You know, that's how you know the veil was still there in the temple. They felt like God was still far away, you know?
3: Just it just it reminds me how much deeper God can take anyone, right? And also, I don't want my relationship with God to be superficial or at least to be like mirrored. Yeah, just my relationship with God is is personal, man. Like, you know, you, you gotta make it personal. And if you're only moving just because of what I get from God, then, like, yeah, it it helps in that moment, right? We could help each other in that moment, but then you have to kind of, like, seek and find for yourself, and and those people were just waiting for what he got.
0: Well, we we can contrast, which I I did, the verses you just read about Zechariah, when he comes out, contrast his disbelief, and he gets uh, muted for not believing, and we can ask ourselves, would we believe? I might have mentioned that before, but contrast what he says, to what Mary says, when we go further down there to verse 18, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 38, okay. verse 38, Mary's responding to the angel, I am the Lord's servant, may everything you have said about me come true, okay, Mary shows wow. a, for, for, what, what could she have been, 17, 16, 17, yeah. no, yeah. maybe, she yeah. shows spiritual maturity mm. in her trust in the Word of God, come on. again, Just like we have to do with Zechariah, let's ask the question, would we? Would we? There's the contrast. She shows trust. He didn't. Where do we fall on that spectrum? In in order that she
4: was able to talk afterwards.
0: Right, right. Well, yeah, that too, that's very good. And 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 before we go on, again, from a literature standpoint and a poetry standpoint, because it's one of my hobbies, the— I have to point out, and I'm sure some of you were going to do it too, the, the Magnificat, um, that Mary's Song of Praise, after she visits Elizabeth, 46 through, well, it 46 through 50, 55, yeah. What, if, anybody who's reading this, you, you have to read this a couple times. This is so beautiful. It's so beautifully put. And and I'm not going to read the old thing, but just the beginning. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Mary starts out praising God for honoring her. This is is one of the most beautiful passages. And and again, without reading the whole thing, and, and some of you may remember in Samuel... One Samuel, and I'm going to just read a couple of this here. Hannah, after she gets pregnant by Elkanah, after God gives her, visits her and gives her praise because she was being rebuked and ridiculed for not having a child. Right. She has a something similar to the Magnificat that Mary just said. And, and I think it's even prettier, but it's just beautiful. She says... My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies, and it just made me think. I go, and, and she says, "So stop acting proud, so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance." And she goes on, and you know, uh, really relating to God's sovereignty, and, and and she goes right right to the end. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. If you get a chance, read that whole thing. Yeah. anybody that's yeah. to you, I, yeah. two beautiful pieces of literature, poetry, and yet very practical very useful yeah. if we listen to what mary and hannah are saying yeah. and apply it to our own lives
2: honestly powerful women in the bible is a theme that you find if you're reading the bible in its entirety right and mm-hmm. I, I like to you know i like to listen to people and what their thoughts are on the bible and oftentimes when someone tells me their thoughts on the bible or christianity what they've actually showed me or told me is how little they've actually read the scriptures right yeah. So that's one of the arguments is that, you know, it's, uh, you know, oppressive to women. And in that part of the world, it was, you know, Mary probably wasn't literate. She was a teenager. She probably had a lot of duties. She probably wasn't (laughs) trained in Hebrew poetry. But what is she doing here? What does God care about? Our hearts. Mm. She's speaking Mm -hmm. from the heart. And I think that's why it's so beautiful, you know. But here's a perfect example of how early Christians found this. You know, poem or this blessing, or just her expressing her heart and her gratitude for God in in humility, they saw it as something worth putting into the Bible, worth writing down. Do you know what I mean? Showing the inherent worth of women.
0: Well, well, just think about this. And I was, to put it in perspective, I I think, if I can, you know, the larger picture, in, in verse 32 and 33, he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel, and that means the world forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary learns, put yourself in her position, young girl, she learns in those two verses that her baby will be the son of God, or will be God. I mean, picture that, and then goes on to you know, you had said her I mean, she was rejoicing with that Magnifica and just saying those words. I, I just can you imagine being a young girl and getting an announcement like that, that your child is going to be the son of God?
2: Yeah, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows, because think about this. As Christians, don't you feel alienated out in the world sometimes or often? Yeah. Right. You feel like isolated. So imagine this. She's just a lowly girl who is now going to be accused, right, of violating her betrothal to Joseph. Right. Like she's had some type of like, you know, um, mm. love affair. Right. And she's going to incur all this shame now. But she knows the truth. Right. Yeah. So how strong of a woman did she have to be to endure the, the gossip and the whispers and all that ridicule? Because she had that kind of faith that sure. God, God going to be triumphant. God's going to take care of me. God's yeah. going to take care of this child. God's going to take care of Joseph. God's going to take care of Israel. God's going to take care of humanity in the world. That's the kind of, you know, you're talking about faith with Zachariah, right? Yeah. And how an angel appears to him. The people are like, he must have had just a vision that shows a step further away from faith. Often that's one of my prayers is God, please grow my faith. Because if I sit there in prayer and I don't mention growing my faith, what am I doing? Mm. We have to grow our faith. That's what the Bible study is all about. That's what learning is all about. That's what prayer is all about, right? Yeah. It's like pray, please, Lord.
0: And, and yet John, in spite of that, the, the fact that it you know goes against as you said, you know Gabriel announces that to her against the moral expectations of her society. She knew that uh, uh, against the the the, relig- the religious uh, 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 I don't know the religious norms of her people. And more than that, it, it could have been considered if you read 32 and 33 his kingdom will reign over Israel that that is an act of sedition against Rome, okay? Mm -hmm. You may not have thought of it that way, but it is an act of sedition against Rome. You know how the Romans were. You just say king. It's like Pontius Pilate talking to to Jesus. Are are you the king? That's all they need to do is hear that you are the king. And no, only the emperor was king. He ruled over. So that's an act of of sedition. But in spite of all of that, which you said, Johnny, and and I confirm it, she still (laughs) sings praise to God in the Magnificat it's it's just so beautiful it, it just can't be nullified by what she might have been thinking and she just went on mm-hmm. i mean she understood the ramifications i'm sure but she is just so honored and she tells god that just so beautiful that is just so beautiful
4: it reminded me of one of the jesus's parables so this might be uh it might be a flash forward into what's coming up in luke folks uh, the story about where he talks about the the two guys who uh they go to pray the uh the, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And it just, that's what it reminded me of, is like the Pharisee, he goes in there and he's like, I, you know, I'm so great, thank you for not making me like these other, like, like these uh, these people over here. And then the tax collector is like, thank you for loving somebody, or, you know, for loving somebody as lowly and awful as I am. And that's, Zachariah in here would be the Pharisee, where he's like, there's no way you're going to be able to do this. You don't have the power to do this. Okay, you can't talk. And then with Mary, you're going to, really, really, really? Oh, my God, that's amazing. And then she has to do, like you're saying, like, women have no rights, really. She has, she's illiterate. She probably has a ton of chores she has to do. Now she's going to be ridiculed because they're going to say, oh, look, there's that, ma- that girl. She's supposed to be getting married, but she's pregnant. I wonder what happened over there. And you know, like, exactly. all kinds of rumors yeah. and everything. But, she but still, she is not- doing it, and she's ha- excited
0: that, that that's what that's what I want to say. She again, I understand all those things that we're talking about. That she might have been thinking. What I get out of this, well, she enjoyed despite yeah, all. Yeah, she's that. full mm-hmm. of wonder. Enjoyed despite that, Judah. That's exactly what I want I to mean, say. I mean, she Thank knows you. that yeah.
1: this. I mean, Mar- it's real. Jo- Joseph may not take her. He may try to put. And she's like, yep. she's like, not worried. Okay, yeah. all right. yeah. Like, do what you want. I'm, I'm, but I got the Messiah and me. Yeah. And it's like whatever you know is going on is now superseded it's like there's nothing bad that can happen to me today (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. like whatever comes it's like uh, the the joy that i have inside of me um is far uh supersedes any pain or any ridicule or whatever and then and she reaches into the future and claims that in verse 48 this is where he took notice of his lowly servant girl and from now on all generations will call me blessed and it's like but not your current generation it not the people not. that you're living with they're not calling you blessed they're calling nah. you you nah. cursed they, they're some people are probably um, like wow if this gets out she could be publicly stoned yeah. you know potentially i it's mean for real. I mean, yeah. this is right. like, hey, yeah. like what's going on i mean mom and dad could find out they could disown you um joseph could you know call off the uh, the the wedding and she's like but people are going to call me blessed And it's it's like she's just
0: like looking at like so faithful, right? Such a
1: different angle than anybody else.
0: She has done something that we have talked about in here. When we get into trouble, and, and that's when we call on God. Mary did something from the outset. She trusted God. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter anything else, and that's what you're saying. She's, she's, she, she's excited. Right. She's excited. She's full of awe and wonder, yep. but she trusted God. You could see it in the Magnifica. She, her words, she just trusted God. In that, those verses where she sings that praise there, she also, as we read that, she humbly and rightly acknowledges her position in relation to God. Servant. Do, yeah. Humble exactly. servant. Do we do that? Do we do that? I, you know, I'm not saying any one of us individually, but a lot of people don't do that. Let's just put it that way. And and Mary trusted God from the beginning. She trusted that angel who was a messenger of God. She trusted God. Do people trust God from the beginning? Or do they call on him when you know, they're in the deepest trouble that they could possibly be? Yeah, it's like
2: Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's basically, it basically says that they were righteous in their day and that they were advanced in years, right, in that, in that first uh, opening of uh, Luke. And it, it makes me think of... Uh, of martin luther with the corum deo in latin which means in this to live life in the sight of god and it makes me think that mary must have had that kind of faith where she was just i'm just a humble servant of the lord she, she didn't you know go too far one way or the other she's just doing what she's supposed to be doing by god elizabeth doing the same thing what she's supposed to be doing by god same thing with with uh, zachariah he's doing what he's supposed to be doing no matter what. So he didn't get a son. So his wife is barren. It's not going to stop him from going to the temple and doing what his duty is for the Lord. Yeah. He knows his place as a, as a servant. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, I, like, again, I just, I see so much beautiful faith in, in the beginning of Luke. It's almost like that's what they're really trying to drive home. Is who are these people? These are God's people. This is who God has chosen to work with, you know, to, mm-hmm. to bring about the fulfillment, the fulfillment mm-hmm. of these prophecies from the Old Testament. I,
0: I'm amazed and awed myself that Mary, this young child, this young girl, could react like that, could be just accepting like that, just, you know, just trust God, because, again, I don't think a lot of us would 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 be like her. She, it's just awe-inspiring to me that knowing that she would have been a young girl and all the things we talked about, the ramifications that could occur, and yet those in the end didn't matter. As, as Judah said, she's got the Messiah. She's going to give birth to the Messiah, to the Son of God, and she gives praise and thanksgiving to all of that, and God gave us his son. That was his gift to us. Uh, how, how can we as Christians do any less, any less than, than uh, shower God with our praise and thanksgiving?
2: It, it makes me think of Moses, too. When Moses went up on the mountain and he came down, he was like, he looks different, right? Is what it, yeah. There's a description of him. So imagine Mary is also, you know, it says that the spirit of God overshadowed her, right? Yeah. So it's like, just imagine. So we're like, oh, it's, she, was, she was so full of joy. But it's like, she was in the presence of God. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? God the Father. Yeah. How, how precious was that moment, you know, where, of course, she's full of light and love and beauty and wonder and awe and all these things. So, she, you know, she's walking on, on cloud nine, essentially. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, let's, yeah.
0: let's put ourselves there for a moment. How would we react to that announcement? Yeah. Think about it, yeah. even rhetorically, without, if you don't well, want to well, give an well, answer.
4: Think about it this happened in modern day, where we, had, where, you know, we, we, we bring up uh, a certain word over and over again. Uh, we had a, a, a clip that got some major hate. <laughs> Abortion is so prevalent in today's world, where back then it probably would kill you to go through, the, through a procedure like that, where today you take a pill and it's gone, and having like, oh, oh Mary, you're pregnant? Oh, well, you really should go and have something. You're too young. You're about to get married. Oh no, 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 no! You can't do this. You can't do this.
1: Well, the the difference of today though is is it's not as, you know, looked down on like the whole you know relationship side of things and sleeping around is very common and whatever else. And in that culture, that was That's true. that was definitely not acceptable. You were you were like we've said, you know, women were were often looked at as as property um as uh as goods and and in that context you would now be damaged goods you know and it's like n- nobody nobody was interested in the scratch in, and dent special you know? yeah. yeah for exactly. not for a wife yeah exactly yeah. so they're nope. like and that's why what was you know we, we haven't gotten to it yet but what was joseph's knee-jerk response he's like well i'm just gonna yep. you know i'm gonna divorce her i'm not gonna go through with this but i'll mm-hmm. do it quietly because mm-hmm. he was you know he had some morals and he didn't want her to to experience public humiliation. It also makes you wonder too why she took off to Elizabeth's house for three months. It's like, obviously she was being joyful, but you know, perhaps there was a little bit of like, look, I just need to get away from all of the negativity and all the voices and all the speculation. I just need to go be with somebody else. And you know what? I heard my aunt, um, went through a miracle as well. And so let me go there. And you know, and then we see, uh, that, um, uh, I don't think it's here but um when she goes and, and she visits says you know the the uh Elizabeth says the baby in my womb jumped for joy you know when, mm-hmm. when seeing you right, and right. and whatever and it's like they' they're seeing all this stuff but it's like to some extent they're like Elizabeth's like yeah these guys don't understand my husband didn't understand I know nobody understood with you mm-hmm. but we get it mm-hmm. like we get it right now and and you know and, and yeah, even blessed like, is the fruit
2: of your womb she says yeah. right yeah
1: and even John you know it's like you know back in verse 14 right and, and they're prophesying about john and it says you know he'll be filled with this holy spirit even you know from his birth uh some say before his birth some say at his birth but it's like here's a person that's being born like full of the holy spirit full of the holy spirit not the anointing, <laughs> right which is which is i mean in our day and age like we have the holy spirit available to each and every one of us but in this time this is before the holy spirit yeah came on pentecost and whatever and so so they're just like man people don't even know what's coming and they didn't really even know what was coming either but they just knew it was big and that it was significant and whatever they had to do hey lose lose joseph or not lose you know family or not whatever it's like i am willing you know to do what god has and and to to dave's question you know it's like we're like wow this is so great but what about when god asks us to do XYZ. Oh, I want you to give up this habit. I want you to give up this this hobby. I want you to give up XYZ. Or go this direction. You know, I want you or- to go this direction. I want you to pursue this in your life. I want you to to give generously to something. Are we able to respond as Mary did? And uh, yes, I'm your humble servant. Like you you do what you want with me or is jesus or, lord <laughs> yeah or do we respond like Zechariah did and like what Ask you a want question. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's no way i was gonna just touch so. on
2: that it's like you know we know in scripture that it says that the word is alive right and if you've read books in your in your lifetime and then you've read the bible you can see all those other books truly are just books they're just dead but the bible really is spiritually alive and part of that is that when you read it it turns like a it's like a mirror it turns you to look at yourself in your own life and like i asked myself when i was reading this i was like am I like Elizabeth where I just, I've rejoiced because it's like, finally our prayers were answered or am am, am I more like Zachariah here where I'm like, but how is that going to be? And I'm, of course it's, I'm Zachariah. You know what I mean? I'm the person who's like, but that would be impossible. And then if you know your scripture, you know, what does Jesus say? What does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. With man, it is impossible. But with God, anything is possible. It's
0: it's that what you just said, John is playing out in our society today. Zechariah is, I would equate him to the scientist today. It's, it's all about, and you guys have heard it, it's all about follow the science, believe the science. That's Leading on told, your own understanding. That's what we're told to do. You know, to divorce yourself from what you understand or what you know or your own research or the questions you have. Just follow the science and, 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 and believe in that as opposed to, let's say, Scripture or you know, the Word of God. And, and, and it's separated from us from that. We've talked about that too before, where the world or the new world order that uh, seems some people want to create has no room in it for God, has no room in it for the Bible. It, Good luck it's with a, that. It's, yeah, well, it's a secular world th- that they want, Johnny. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it'll happen. Of course, yeah. In, in Zechariah, say, hey, you know, how's this going to happen? And, and would we do that? You said you would. I'd probably do the same thing. Wait a minute. No, that's, I need science. Prove it with science to me that that this can happen Uh, because I'm not following the word of God. I'm not believing the Bible. I'm not letting it reflect on me and say, wait a minute, okay, okay. this could happen. Yeah,
2: I'm not sure where it says it in scripture, but it literally says, lean not on your own understanding. But it's like acknowledge God in all your... Yeah, it's, but mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. it's so profound. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the parts of the, yeah. the Bible it's, that I really wrestled with as being like...
0: It's one of my favorite Psalms. Yeah, do.
2: it's like, I, like, I'm such a prideful person. And I think we all are, whether you're aware of it or not, right? So it's like, I'm just like, what do you mean lean not on my own understanding? But what do you see Zechariah do? He's relying on his own understanding, right? The angel basically mutes him. And then you look at Elizabeth and she's just She's just trusting in the Lord. It's like Mary trusting in the Lord. So I th- again, that's a theme that keeps reoccurring: is just believing, trusting. Hoping. Well, then on the
1: flip side, with with Zechariah, you know, because obviously he's kind of made made the the wrong choice there, but we see his subsequent uh, repentance, if you will, you know, and and naming him John, and then at the end of the chapter here, <clears throat> verse. 68, now it's Zechariah's turn to uh, give some prophetic words where he says, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's visited and redeemed his people. He sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and all who hate us. Now, now again, we see this allusion to um, to what they were interpreting as a physical... Um, deliverance from the oppression that Rome was probably bringing. So so some of this, like, uh, you know, uh, he's probably saying it and kind of like thinking something different than what he's actually saying. But he goes on, he's been merciful to our ancestors. Remember his covenant. Verse 74, we've been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear and holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, Because you'll prepare the way for the Lord. He's talking, you know, about John there. You'll tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of sin. But then this verse 78 and 9 is where I think it it like really ties in. And these are words that that obviously Zechariah could not have formulated on his own. Where it says, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness mm. and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. And just like in there it's like it's like it's like Zechariah is get, getting this prophetic word and he's like, "Yeah, I know what this is talking about. I know what this is talking about. I know what this is talking about. Yeah, we're going to be saved from our enemies and the light who sits in the darkness and the shadow Like, I don't really know what this is, but it sounds good, but like, I don't know, you know? (laughs) And and again, he's probably thinking like, again, thinking like, oh, just deliverance. Because Hmm. again, I mean, Hmm. like we can't underestimate the fact that most of these people, even Mary for that matter, I mean, maybe she had some inside scoop, Mm. but a lot of these people were thinking so like, like one dimensionally, like this is salvation from Rome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he's coming to bring. He's coming to be a ruler. He's coming to like grab a sword and like go to town, and, and like you know, we're gonna set up a, a a rule. We're gonna be the new world power, Kind of a thing. We're gonna
0: be the we, we will everyone be everyone will new be circumcised.
1: <laughs> you, know,
0: you know what I find interesting in that circumcision first verse. for
2: you and for you, me too.
0: In verse sixty-seven, because we were just talking about the Holy Spirit. Coming on Pentecost, but the first first. Uh, then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He he comes out with yeah. um, his own song of praise. Yeah. By the way, for anybody that's interested, uh, I don't know if you guys know, uh, Mary's, is, as I said, was called a Magnificat. This is called a Benedictus. All right And uh, just for anybody listening and anybody interested uh, that's Zechariah's uh, song of praise Benedictus. Okay. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. As he as he comes out. So, can you imagine if you if you with the Holy Spirit, what, what you could do, what you could say, what would come out of you? It's it's you're you're infused with God. Mm-hmm. I know it's mm-hmm. beautiful. That would be so great. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I was gonna uh, mention too. You're talking about like what the one dimensional thinking, and it's picture yourself as an Israelite, literally the descendants of Adam and Eve, right? But you're aware of this Cain, Abel, you know, Shem, Ham, you know, all the way down, and you've been basically clinging on to this. You you end up going into The descendants end up going into bondage after the great flood, right? Essentially to Egypt. You're there for 400 years, but you still have some remnant of faith because God still delivers you, right? And then there's the 10 commandments, there's the the, the tabernacle, there's the wilderness, then there's, now you're in uh, Judea, right? So now you're in the promised land. So like you have been given the Torah, you've been given the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. So you look at the world very uniquely as an Israelite. As a descendant of Jacob right you're looking at the world as if God created the heavens and the earth now you contrast that to the roman empire or the greco-roman thinking of its day and everything is very secular like the gods are on mount olympus Mm -hmm. and they they'll they'll manifest as like you know uh uh, thunder and lightning storms or as in tidal waves or, or rough seas or they'll manifest in rain or or this that or the other thing right but to an israelite they're thinking that it's all part of one creation that there is no real separation, right? But there were however many centuries where there was silence, so their faith is so weakened at at that their point that things almost become like myth or legend to them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you talk about that one-dimensional thinking that that yeah. they're that they're waiting for this messianic uh, prophecy sure. to be fulfilled, this messiah, sure. messiah to come and free them sure. from sure. this Roman oppression or sure. this. Yeah, you, you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Well, I mean, like you say, I mean. But, you know between malachi and where we are in luke there's what like 400 years 400 years, years. Yeah. you know of, of which i mean if you think about like what's 400 years from us now and this is like the the 1600s yeah, right not even right, right. And, and, and being like like oh nobody's really heard from god since the 1600s i mean <laughs> even
2: the english language has changed dramatically mm-hmm. since
1: yeah. mm-hmm. six, the 1600s and so it's like well, yeah we we believe that it's possible and then now god picks
4: you Lord have you mercy, know, Lord like, have mercy. <laughs> <Yeah>. I apologize <laughs> me too <laughs> we, we went hundreds of years where technology barely even moved where, where you can like you would um, they were still using horse and buggy uh, electricity really wasn't like was for another 200 years, years yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's like just think about that it's like okay so you go all those years and then something big happens and then there were people who didn't want to have electricity they still wanted to continue to use steam or to use gas and stuff like that, and it's like it's the same thing with like her whole religious thought now. It's like okay, this Jesus yeah. guy, I don't believe it. I, I'm 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 going to keep waiting. He's supposed to come with a chariot of fire and there's take been a go, couple other people
2: claiming thing. to be Messiah too. You yeah, yeah, remember that's that true for too. them, that rabble yeah. yeah. rousers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. who were put to death by you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm sure in Egypt there was a couple people that got rowdy, you know, mm-hmm. for, oh, in yeah. that, you know, 400 years. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No and, kidding. And, and, yeah, in the same Waiting, thing. Waiting, looking, yeah. searching,
3: like, where is this guy? In okay. fact,
2: I heard Ben <clears throat> Shapiro, um, he, he's he got a popular podcast that's, you know, sort of political, but he's a um, conservative Jew, and he says, like, that's what they believe is that Jesus was just a rabble-rouser who got what was coming to him. You know, he got, he got a big following. He re- impressed a bunch of people, and that's why he got put to death because— Right. And it's it's almost it, it makes me very sad because it's like you don't know who he really was,
1: and I just want to like okay. grab him and shake him and be like, look at the Torah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Well, you know the, the the thing of it is is that like I was reading even you know with messianic prophecy and a lot of uh, current practicing Jews, they just say, well, those aren't even prophetic writings those are poetry from David or these are, Mm. you know, just write historical writings or these are just this or that it's not even a prophetic writing. Now, the reality of it is, is it's like, yeah, they probably didn't know it was prophetic at the time either. But, but when you look at the, the significance of it and you look back and say, wow, you know what? We didn't re- just like what Zechariah is saying here, yeah. right? Like he didn't know that what he was saying was prophetic, right. and and he was just—I mean—he knew that it was prophetic, but he didn't know to what extent. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what what we see with all of this stuff is that these people—they don't know what they're even mm. saying. They're entirely. just filled with the Holy Spirit, essentially. Like you know, David is just filled with the Holy Spirit, writing a song, and and says, you know, oh, you know, I, um, you know, the things about, you know, I, I look down, I see all my my the bones of my body and my hands and feet have been pierced. And he's probably like, like on a different wavelength, he's just like, oh yeah, this is just this picture I've got in my mind. I'm going to write a song about it and not even realizing that what you're saying is actually, you know, prophetic and it's prophesying about the Messiah. So it's funny how, like you say, they, they kind of sometimes will have that perspective and yet discredit mm. some of the glaringly obvious um, things, but it's because, well, that's not considered prophetic writing.
2: Based upon who? You know what I mean? Well, like, exactly. Yeah. Right. Based upon right. who? Yeah.
1: Based upon, you know, some rabbi said it wasn't or whatever. Right. I mean, because, I mean, obviously if you get... This commentary in... of a commentary <laughs> yeah, of a commentary. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you get deep into the you know a lot of the Jewish traditions there's a lot of that. Well, well R- Rabbi Mishka says this. Oral you know, Torah says, yeah. yeah. And, and this, and, yeah. and they're like, well, you know, they say, well, you know, is it is it acceptable to uh, twist the lid off of your water bottle on Shabbat, or is that not? Or should we un- open up the water bottles beforehand so that way mm. we can drink out of them? Is that considered to work? And and then so, and then so this, well, you know, this rabbi says, that, this rabbi says, that. well, we're going to go with this rabbi, and I'm like, they get like you say, like the layers upon layers upon layers, and well, well, then this rabbi he modified that and said it's okay to take it off, but you can't bring it to the garbage can because that would be taking out garbage on the Sabbath, but you can open it because it's to give yourself nourishment. So, well, yeah, you could do that, but you you shouldn't actually be within 10 feet of a garbage. And how and far like, away yeah, you know, how far from theological, like, theological where, thinking have you gone and, 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 and we're wondering about the Messiah? <laughs> yeah. right. exactly. So like, it's like, exactly. It's like we're, we're talking about bottle caps here. <laughs> you know. And, and just for clarity, I just made that one up. But, but there's a lot of things that are very, very similar to that, sure. even to this day and age. Yeah. That they're still questioning, like, well, can I be on my phone, or can I do this, and can I do and can can my website be open, you know, for commerce even if I'm, I'm not there. there taking the orders? And and some people say, well, yes yeah, the website can be open, but others, I mean, you know, many well, of yeah. us are familiar with B and H Photo Video, I was, I was go you on know, one, which yeah. is one of the, the the biggest photo video stores probably in the world, mm. and and they're very devout, and I and I I respect them for this. I mean, but they do not do commerce on sabbath or any holy day i mean they not only do they not take your orders not have people there but their website you cannot pay them so you can add it to your cart but you cannot pay us money until the holiday is over or the day is over so they take it very seriously which is great like you know but on the flip side you know you could be doing what jesus said straining at the gnat and swallowing the camel right and one
0: one of the yeah and we haven't got there yet but just to tie it back into luke one of the uh, more apropos examples of that on the Sabbath would be, uh, I think the Pharisees confronting Jesus and his disciples when they eat ate wheat in the field on the mm, Sabbath there. Right. If you'll recall that, we didn't get there yet, but I know that's in Luke. And it's, it's again, it's very apropos, the same thing, and it's the interpretation, and, and there's a lot to be said about that when we get to it.
2: Well, it, the the Shabbat, or the Sabbath, was taken so very seriously because it's so fundamental in the Torah, right? It's basically who, who is the author of those first books? We know it's Moses, Moses. right? And so Moses has the Holy spirit in him and he's divinely writing out the 10 commandments from God. Right. And it says to keep the Sabbath holy. Right. And then what does Jesus say? Jesus took the Sabbath with the most understanding, right? That Sabbath was created for men. And why is the Sabbath so important? I just heard this yesterday. Um, Dan DeLau sent me um, a discipleship thing. that was like 15 minutes long and I just listened to it, but they were addressing how important, um, the Shabbat or the Sabbath was to the Jews. Because think about this, you're making bricks for 400 years in Egypt. And maybe right. you guys have heard this before. So you're a slave, you're a servant, right? And your value has been assigned to how many bricks you can make, mm. right? So now as Moses is writing this down, these holy scriptures, the word of God, literally the Holy Spirit you know, coming through him. It's like, he's saying your worth isn't with how much production value you can produce of bricks. It's actually, we're gonna start off with God creates everything and then he rests, right? He rests. So guess what? I made the earth for you, and then I rested. Like, like he made everything with you in mind is what it says in the scripture. Before he laid the foundations of the earth, he had us in mind, a place to put us, and then to rest and enjoy relationship, to enjoy. So like, look at it like that. It's like, yeah. like how important is the Sabbath to them? They're looking at it from a legalistic standpoint, that yeah. you don't wanna violate the 10 Commandments because you're gonna go to Sheol, you're gonna go mm. to Pit, the, the, you know, yeah. the abyss, right? But look at it from Jesus' standpoint. It's about relationship. It's about these things. It's about your your value isn't based upon the I mean, works you want, that you do. Yeah, 100%, right. It's about how much time you spend with me. It's about, like Lenny, you always say it's a heart issue. Mm-hmm. He wants our hearts. He doesn't want our bricks. Best? Yeah, right. He doesn't want our bricks, man.
1: And, and to, to their credit, I mean, it's like I was just reading Leviticus. And so the the law comes, and there's some dude out there gathering stuff some wood for his fire on the sabbath and they're like what do we do they find this guy gathering wood they're like what do we do and they consult god and they're like stone him and they bring him out and they stone the guy to death and i'm like thinking like oh man like like this guy i mean just gets you know and part of me wants to think that well maybe he knew the law and he was just being super rebellious like i'm not gonna take a break i'm not gonna and then i'm like but then my mind goes the other direction i'm like what if he's like my kids are cold, and I don't have wood, so I'm going to grab some wood. Yeah, exactly. And regardless, the the outcome was the same. They bring him to the outskirts of town, and they stone him as an example of the severity of breaking the Sabbath law. And then, you know, it gives you a little bit of sympathy— for the Pharisees when they were getting super critical of Jesus. Like I'm not I'm not justifying what they did cuz obviously Jesus was the Messiah, not them. But they see him what in in their mind breaking the law in, in a very significant way. You know because they're like they're yeah. like we yeah. we have a baseline of perfection and the Messiah will come and even do better than us. Yep. And and he comes there and um and he uh, wow. You know, does you know the the disciples are eating the grain, and he's telling somebody to pick up their mat, and you're like, well, what's the significance again? Like the the rabbis would say, well, no, picking up your mat is is work. You can't you can't do that on the Sabbath. And then you know, one of the things which I mean I've seen it throughout Scripture before. <clears throat> um, if you watch uh, the chosen, it, it illustrates it um, in a very visual way. But that some of these things that Jesus did on the sabbath it was like he intentionally set the scenario so that way the religious leaders would see him do it yeah, he went to the yeah. temple and healed the guy's right. hand in front of right. them it, it, i mean it's like you could have been like see me after yeah you know? <laughs> he <laughs> could have been like here's Be, my car yeah see I mean, me, <laughs> me after we'll take care of this he for just you did, but no he, he's like he's like deliberately going in <laughs> mm-hmm. and and doing these things and and making waves and again you know, it's like on one hand, we're like, wow, they were so legalistic. But on the other hand, they're like, no, they were following the law as best as they possibly could. And they see this guy, and he's breaking the law. And from their perspective, it's like, no. Like, we thought maybe he could have been the Messiah before, but now he's absolutely he's not. Yeah. Right, he's a sinner. Yeah. And he's a sinner, and, and there's no way he could be God. And uh, and obviously, we, we have the luxury of seeing the end of the story, right. but they didn't see the end of the story. It's like they they just see this this horrible. Thing. It's like I mean, he could have lied or killed somebody, and they would not have reacted less.
2: Yeah, think about that. He he hung more. out with sinners, right? And tax he hung out with the worst of the worst, right? And and, and, and then that, and also he worked on the set. It's like this guy right. is this guy is no good. Trust me. Yeah. The Bible is clear on this. And imagine if you're illiterate back in the day, so you're going by what the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees yeah. are telling you. They're saying this guy's no good. This guy's no good. Trust me. But
0: the the Pharisees, Mm, and hit hit the nail on the head. They were just following the law. When I first (laughs) heard the Bible read in in church, and you hear about the Pharisees and what they did, I thought they were bad people. Mm. Only coming around, for instance, right now as we're reading Luke, do, do I, you know, in, in over the last number of years, get a different perspective? There, mm. there really weren't bad people. Mm. They, they were just so hung up on the law and everything had to be this way. They knew one way. Okay, these are the laws. And and they just they just didn't know to interpret it. And Jesus did. I mean, he's God. You, you just and, said it right there. That's perfect. You, you said they, they just yes. thought it was
2: this one way. But what did Jesus say? That's great. I am the way. What, did, right. the, what did the early Christians yeah. call themselves? Right. They didn't even call them. They said, this is the way
0: right and 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 so pharisees weren't bad they i I come i've come to believe okay they're not you know i tempered my opinion of them which wasn't a good one to to say okay they they just sometimes i know people like that today and maybe i'm like that occasionally too i'm sure you know being a pharisee and and it's not a good thing because there's no open mind there
2: when they bless um jesus in the temple I'm, i'm gonna try to find it right now on my phone um it's I think when they bring him in for his circumcision on the eighth day, but um, who's the elder there? What was his name? Um, S- Simeon. Simeon? Simeon. Simeon. Yeah. We're, si- yeah. So Simeon and Anna, right? It's like um, was was Simeon a Pharisee or was he just like a devout priest? Like he was this, considered. This is
4: starting in two twenty five.
2: Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Ben. I Appreciate that. Yeah. So two twenty five. Um, who, like who was he? Who was Simeon? So he was a prophet. This is the prof- the prophecy of Simeon is what mine reads in the, I'm reading the Lexham. Think about that. That guy would have been considered like a religious leader as a prophet, right? A prophet, maybe you're not a political Pharisee or a Sadducee, mm-hmm. but you're considered like something along the lines of, of a scribe or someone who knew the law, right? If you're, if you're prophetic in any way, shape, or form, I would imagine. So <clears throat> he seems to be like the best side of that um, class of people where he's just, he's, I've lived long enough to see this, this yeah. baby, this, the, the Messiah. And he's, again, he's so full of joy, so full of yeah. his faithfulness. And it's like, so you, you can mar a lot of the Pharisees for mistakes we probably would have made in Jesus's day. Oh, he's a mm-hmm. sinner. He's hanging out with that sort of thing. But when you get to this guy, Simeon and Anna, it's like they're, they're like that of Mary or Elizabeth where they have this beautiful faith. They have this beautiful hope and trust in the Lord. It's like they know God. Yeah. It's like, do I know God? Do I have that kind of, oh, yeah. or, or, or am I a skeptic? You know what I mean? But well, he,
0: he, Simeon, it, it, you know, of course, the Bible, my Bible doesn't say much. He's a man in J- Jerusalem that was righteous and devout. And, and what you're talking about, he, once he, you know, the Holy Spirit, as it says, Johnny, and that was it. And, and I like that part. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, he wouldn't die until he seated the Lord Messiah. So verse uh, 29 is, a, is called, it's a song of Simeon, and he says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. So the implication is that there's a, you know, fulfillment, peace, and rest for him and others, you know, now that he has, you know, seen the, the Messiah, that he has seen Jesus. And a little piece of trivia for everybody. Um, the Song of Simeon there, those four words, I just gave you the Benedictus and the Magnificat. This is called a Hmm. All right, which means the nunc dimittis, that's Latin, and and what it means is you can now dismiss, he gets dismissed. Oh, okay, I'll see you later. Nunc, N-U-N-C, dimittis, yes.
2: Well, even God, like, you know, bless Simeon here, um, you know, it doesn't say that, but, you know, I'm going to read it. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So here's the Holy Spirit again, that that third component of God, capital G-O-D, right? Mm -hmm. The Father who is in heaven, who is spirit, Christ the Son, and now the Holy Spirit of of the triune God of the Bible, right? But what you're seeing here is God saying, this person was looking forward to the consolation, and God was just like, you know what? I know your heart. You're looking forward to this? Well, before you die, old man here you go. Here's a blessing. Now you're going to get to see him. And because he was full of the Holy Spirit, he was aware of it's a baby, man. You know what I mean? Someone brings a baby. How many babies came in on that day were born on the same day as Jesus? Right. It, it, there could have been any number that, that day, that week, that month or whatever. But what made this one so special was he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full yeah. of God. I
4: yeah. wonder I wonder if any of his relatives were there, like maybe like his sister-in-law or something. I'm like, you weren't that excited when you met our child. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know, right? Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> you don't even know these people. He's not even, that's, a, that's not even a cute baby.
1: <laughs> well, and, and it's like, again, it's like something went off inside of, of him, and then, you know, obviously uh, Anna, uh, who shows up, um, who's a prophet.
2: Another woman of power. Yeah, and, which, which yeah. again, like...
1: Like just like it, it, it bothers me to no end how the, the, even the modern church oppresses women and tries to limit you know, their ability to, to speak yeah. on behalf of God and teach mm. and preach and prophesy and things like that. But here we see this woman <clears throat> there and, uh, and you know she had only been married for seven years and then uh, lived until 84, uh, coming to the temple, <clears throat> worshiping God. Fasting and praying. So you know she's been, you know, I don't know how old she was when she was she was married, but let's assume that she was probably in her mid twenties when she became a widow. So she's spent probably at least around sixty years um just at the temple, praying, fasting, worshiping, prophesying, um, you know, teaching, instructing, doing whatever she was doing, but then she's led by the Holy Spirit. She's living a a life in tune with God Mm -hmm. and both her and Simeon who probably they know each other, but they both show up like, Oh, Oh, you're here. Oh, you're here too. Whoa. Who's this baby? And it's like, boom, it all like comes Mm -hmm. together. And, uh, and just like, again, we don't know much about either of these two people, Mm -hmm. but man, what an honor Mm -hmm. for them to, uh, to be there in that. And, and God, like with Simeon, like, we don't know, like, like why would God promise to him that you're going to see, you know, the Messiah, but, at some point in time, he had this revelation from God that, hey, you're going to get to see him.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it I speaks have- volumes of your personal relationship right. with God. Like it says, you know. When you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray in secret to your Father who is nobody in, you
3: see. Right, yeah, right, to your Father right. who is
2: in secret, is what who it sees says. all things. Yeah, right. right yeah, right, and it's right, like Jesus right. often left the crowds right. to yeah. be alone with. Right. God. I think you just preached on this actually. Right. To be alone with God, alone right. time right. with God. Right. So here's another example of he modeled we, it well. Yeah, but but even Simeon and Anna, think, these are people right. that had one-on-one time with God, and right. what happens with one-on-one
1: time with God? Right. You get changed yeah. like yeah. Moses on that mountain. Yes, you do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's just interesting seeing the the guidance of the of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit being at work in these situations. And you know, Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Simeon and Anna as well as obviously John and and Jesus. And he is you know they're they're beginning to do something and see things that again are are extraordinary that again people would would doubt and in some ways i mean maybe accepting the baby as a messiah uh was was in many ways probably easier for some of these people too that were deep in the the law because it's like well he's a baby you know but it's like the the grown jesus man he was making waves you know but um but the baby jesus as of yet wasn't really making those same waves but it's like again it's like we see that they were allowed to see and experience and um we see that you know Mary somewhere in here. It says you know that she, she treasured all these things in her heart, and it's yeah. like, like Mary again, not necessarily knowing, but it's like she's just there. It's like I, I'm, I'm in it. I'm going along for it. And again, I mean, you know, uh, to to reference back, uh, uh, chosen. One of the things that I I love uh, about it. There's a lot of that I like about it, but one of the things is that, like this, this continual like um, presence and influence of Mary throughout it, and it's like she's just like. Look, I'm, I'm in it. Like wh- whatever you do, wherever you go, like I, I'm here, I'm here. Like, you know, um, for no other reason than she's like, I just want to see it happen. Like, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm, she's all I'm in here. Yeah, exactly. All in she, and she was all in from day one. Right. Which I mean, nobody else was. And she's like, I've been following you since you were before you even born. Yeah. You know, um, blissfully
2: like... unaware she was part of the prophecy that the Messiah right. would be born in the Right. city of David, or the or the, uh, the yeah. town of David, right? Think right. about that. They have to go for the census. They go all the way there, right. born. And then by the eighth day, he has to be brought to mm. Jerusalem, right, to the holy city right. to go be circumcised. And this is where we see Simeon and Anna. It's just, yeah. Yeah. you know, blissfully, again, like you said, unaware
1: of the the prophetic things happening in your own life sometimes, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, it's like for us, I mean, again, trying to figure out how to how to fulfill prophecy. I mean, it's like they, they didn't have the, the even the ability to say, oh, well, You know, I'm going to do... And then again... I better be there on time. And then again, like I was pointing out before, a lot of these prophecies, the Jews didn't even acknowledge as prophetic... So, how could they even fulfill them if they didn't even know it was prophetic? Yeah, it's like so it's like, like we can look back and connect the dots, right. but they couldn't because they, they, they were a dot. It. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it's, like, it's not even a dot. It's like, you know, right, this is right. something different. You know, mm. David's just depressed right now, you know, or whatever.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's true, though. It is, though. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's just writing a sad song. <laughs> poor right. David. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Poor guy.
1: <laughs> Talking about his hands being pierced or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Why yeah. have you forsaken him? A
4: man after my own heart. Lear's all beat up. He needs a new one.
2: Yeah, it speaks volumes to the, who the Holy yeah. Spirit is, yeah. right? It's like, right, right, right.
4: like, what's the one sin that we
2: cannot be forgiven for on this earth? It's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Right. And if you read your Bible, you'll see that the Holy Spirit is always working. He's yeah. working for the glory of God the Father and for God yeah. the Son. He's working for us to be redeemed, for us to be saved, for us to be sanctified. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's like a busybody right there. You right. know, it's like, don't you dare blaspheme this person who is devout to to the cause you know yeah Mm -hmm. and the holy spirit is all through luke just if you if you the more we read we're going to uncover that so
1: okay well anyhow let's uh let's go ahead and wrap up uh we've successfully made it through chapter one and, and and some of chapter two we've dabbled in as well which is great so let's uh let's keep uh reading here one through six we'll get back again next week and continue our discussion here on luke so thank you guys for joining with us today Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.